Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Naomi Ray Show. My name is Thomas Dam. My guest today is coordinator and curator of KIC, a non-profit organization that bridges art, technology and cultures through live events and educational projects. KIC explores the economics and artistic implications of new technologies by bringing together talented creative coders, innovators, designers, artists and researchers. This year KIC Festival is held in the first week of November for the eighth time. I'm very happy to welcome Marie Du Castel to the Neil Marais Show. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, can you describe uh, your path to what you are doing now? It's actually not the the usual path um, people would take, actually. But for those kind of events, I don't think there is a usual path. It's not like... You know, when you're working in contemporary art, you study history of art or you come from a, a classic art school and then uh, and then you go on, you know, organizing exhibitions or or events uh, because this event is um, mixing a lot of different fields. My path is kind of also was mixing a, a lot of different fields. So I started studying communication, uh, communication and advertising in an advertising school. Uh, here in Brussels, uh, which is called EX, and it's uh, an advertising school in which uh, more than half of the time is dedicated to practical courses. So we were experimenting with video, sound, um, HTML, uh, yeah, loads of creative stuff, and the other half was uh, much more boring <laughs> and uh, and theory. And so I started doing this because I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. So I just figured, okay, it's a lot of creative stuff, so let's do it. And then I'll see what I can do. Uh, and the only thing I knew after I finished that was that I really didn't want to work in advertising. Uh, and that was it. But that I really liked working with HTML and uh, I really liked discovering new technologies. So I decided I would follow that path and so so after this first master in advertising i went to london um to follow uh, another master course that was called uh interactive media it was back in 2007 uh so more than 10 years ago now um and it was a kind of experimental course organized by lcc london college of communication which is part of university of the arts uh, in London, um, and it was uh, it was a course with um, almost only practical uh, stuff like teamwork, um, working on projects, uh, a lot of different kinds of projects, and that's where I really uh, got into this world of um, uh, creative coding, um, user experience design, in, in interaction design, and all that kind of stuff. So it was uh, in an art school, but we were doing at the same time arts project and also sometimes, you know, interface design projects or very different kinds of projects. It, it was really up to the students to choose what they wanted to do uh, in terms of project. So when I finished that course, it was at the time of the credit crunch and the big financial crisis in, in London. It was kind of a big, uh, big mess to find a job. So I went back to Belgium and worked uh, for four years in a startup company um, building interactive installations for events uh, based on 
yeah, using Facebook and social tools and social networks and also, uh, yeah, interaction and RFID technology. So after four years, I decided to leave. But when I was working in this startup, I... Uh, had done a conference at the, uh, about the Internet of Things uh, in what was what used to be the an- ancestor of Kick Festival, which was called uh-huh. uh, Web Design International Festival in Namur, um, and that's how I met uh, actually the founders uh, of Kick, Gilles and Gaetan, who uh, I contacted when I left this job because they had just started the first edition of Kick and they were looking for someone to join the team because they're both uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, one is running Doc Studio, which is a famous digital agency, and the other one is running Superb, which is a studio building interactive installations uh, and artistic projects as well. So that's how I got there, basically, and now it's been seven years. So you weren't really a curator, but when did you have this aha moment that you wanted to be a curator, or was it when you joined the kick team or um yeah it kind of uh, there was an um in a, a aha moment uh because uh it's it's kind of i started working for kick and and basically at the beginning uh, you know there were only the three of us uh so i kind of had to take uh, to take over this role and 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 learn uh, to just, uh, you know, get interested into stuff and do some research. But it was, it's kind of something that is kind of built in in my personality. So it's not at all difficult for me because already before going to Kick, I was already going to a lot of events and I was already traveling the world because I was interested in, uh, you know, in all that subject. So, you know, when we discussed the first time um, when they were discussing to hire me, they just said, um, you know, I had four types of questions. Like if you had to um, to invite a graphic designer to kick, who would it be? If you had uh-huh. to invite a filmmaker, um, uh, someone working with code, blah, blah, blah. You know, I had those uh-huh. six to seven questions. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, you know, my answers were like pretty much the same people they would have dreamt of inviting to kick um and so it and it's because of that that you know we we got along really well because we're kind of the same wavelength in terms of selection of people and and you know being excited by projects so uh yeah, I didn't have any aha moment. It's just that the festival started growing for, from a conference to a lot more events. And so my role started evolving uh, from a conference curator to an exhibition slash 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 loads of stuff curator. <laughs> Were the people on your first list? Um, for example, on the dream list, uh, there is Michel Gondry, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> he's very shy. So I think it's difficult to have him, um, uh, especially talking uh, on a festival. But I would love to have him maybe organize something with kids. Um, I would have dreamed of uh, also inviting his project called uh, L'usine des films amateurs, so the factory of amateur movies. So he's been on the list for a long time. I've tried several times to invite him, but it's difficult. 
I would love to also have um, Laurent Garnier, the DJ, because uh, he's written a book uh, several years ago, which was called Electroshock, which was kind of uh, the history of electronic music. Um, and it's, uh, it's a really well written book. He's, he's kind of lived, the, lived throughout this history of uh, techno music and, and uh, yeah, the... Mm-hmm. All this evolution from techno music to a lot of different uh, electronic music styles. So I would love to kind of organize a conference with him, um, discovering, uh, hearing all his, uh, you know, s- short stories and anecdotes about h- his life within this history of electronic music. Um, mm. I would also love to invite uh, Neri Oxman. Uh, she's a scientist at the MIT. Uh, she's the director of the Mediated Matter Lab, uh, which is a lab at the MIT investigating um, yeah, matter and nature. And they're kind mm-hmm. of taking their source of inspiration from nature to, to build um, uh, objects uh, or, or different types of projects, uh, but I find their approach really interesting. Um, and I've been contacting her for the past seven years, but she's wow. she's really um, she's kind of famous and really uh, busy, busy all the time. So uh, yeah, it's difficult to have her, but uh, one day we will succeed. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, in the past years of uh, Kick Festival, there was always this theme. Like the festival is uh, has this has this theme, or at least there is this bigger uh, visual identity, and then there is this notion of a theme. And this year is species and beyond. And can you tell a little bit about that and um, how you came up to this uh, theme and what it means for the the whole festival? So. Uh species and and beyond uh wants to explore um the interrelationships between different ecosystems for so for this festival you know when you speak about technology um it's kind of always human centered uh and you look at it always from a human uh, point of view uh and uh-huh. we wanted to to shift a bit this point of view uh, and to go away from our anthropocentric vision of the world and to kind of look at the world from the perspective of animals, uh, plants, bacteria, minerals, um, um, and yeah, the rest of, of uh, the living species that are populating our planet or maybe other planets as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's much more uh, investigating this question of, of life uh, and also of technology and the, this influence of the development of economy and new technologies on the planet. So um, it's uh, it's much more also... Um, uh, we're, we're, we have a few conferences and a lot of projects within the, the exhibition that are uh, kind of diving into this uh, subject of, uh, you know, the Anthropocene, so the kind of uh, impact and, and, and even geological impact uh, and physical impact our activity and, and our economic development and technology development has on the planet. So uh, not for all of the conferences, because at Kik we, we like to have this kind of broad view and to also bring bring on some agencies, uh, you know, which they don't really have a, you know, a connection to the theme, but definitely within the exhibition, within some of the workshops and within, uh, I would say, uh, 
uh, 50% of the conferences, we have a, a strong connection to this theme in different ways. Uh, really, some of them um, uh, yeah, are exploring the question of species and life from the perspective of artificial life as well. So mm -hmm. what it is, uh, what is life? Uh, can we create new forms of life? Can we use genetic modifications to manipulate life? Or can you, or can you create a kind of uh, life form that is not a real life form, but a, 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 a machine life form, basically? So, of course, there is this topic of machine learning um, and genetic modification, which also is going to be present along uh, with this topic of um, yeah, Anthropocene and, and hidden stories of technology that we don't tell usually when we speak a, about technology. Mm. And, and how did you came up with this theme? Usually it, it comes a bit, uh, how can I say, um, um, along with the discussions. Uh, so usually we, we meet, uh, we have a lunch, the three of us, uh, and we just put loads of ideas on the table. Um, and then, um, and then we have a, another lunch, uh, and we kind of build on, build, build upon the ideas that were thrown on the table, uh, at, at the last lunch. It's a bit, um, I don't know, it comes from a discussion quite usually. And so, and, and, you know, when some, someone throws an idea, then you jumped on that, that idea and you just develop it. Uh, and from the from a long time, uh, I've been willing to do something a bit more, uh, you know, activist, uh, talking about the planet or talking about, um, yeah. And it's also, I think, uh, it's it's because of uh, you know Donald Trump and what's happening in the world. I think uh, it kind of had an influence on us as well. I mean, I was really shocked uh, when Donald Trump, uh, you know, uh, got out of the of the Paris climate uh, um, agreement and uh, and and there is you know all the the promises that were made 10 years ago about the planet climate you know redu reduction of uh, carbon dioxide and all that kind of stuff you know it's all becoming uh, um, nonsense at the moment because uh, we kind of see that everywhere everybody is is going backwards and uh, mm. yeah so we just felt it was the right time to do that. You also have the uh, kick in town and um, the marketplace. And with this topic of the, the climate change in your mind, do you then also curate these events in the city with the focus on climate change or on other big changes that there are or ex developments that there are? Or No, no, no. It's, uh, it's really in uh, relation to the topic. Within the exhibition, uh, there are uh, a lot of work that are... Um, talking about the fragility of uh, ecosystems and the interdependency of ecosystems. So we have an artwork uh, with some jellyfishes uh, that are moving in a kind of aquarium, which is powering an artificial heart. Uh, but it's mm -hmm. all a very fragile ecosystem because if the temperature of the room um, uh, moves away from 22 degrees, the jellyfishes will die and the heart will die, you know. Um, we <laughs> Sounds like Tamagotchi. Yeah. No, but they, they, they will not die because, uh, I mean, we're making sure that, uh, you know, but it's, it's just, you know, showing this of ecosystems. Uh, we have, uh, you know, some, some sculptures that are made using waste of, uh, you know, rare uh, metals, rare mm. metals that you find uh, into... Um, 
into uh, computers, LCD screens and that kind of stuff. We have a lot of artworks or, or, or videos or um, yeah, projects that are talking about this electronic waste, so waste produced by this electronic devices production. Some of them are talking more about, about radioactivity and, and nuclear power and nuclear power station and, and the disasters mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, can, it can be. So we have a work on, on the Fukushima power station. And then, so it's, that's for, for more the kind of intellectual works we have in the exhibition, and some of them are a bit lighter and more interactive, but they all have a connection with uh, natural elements or animals. So we have, we're also, um, uh, we have a structure in the, the big cathedral of Namur. Uh, we put a floor of mirrors, uh, you know, 20 meters by four meters of uh, mirrors. Um, and basically when you walk on the mirrors, uh, it reflects a lot of lights on the wall and it makes it as uh, you're walking on, on water and there is a lot of mm. reflection, water reflection, you know, all around the walls. So, yeah, there is this big connection to nature in the exhibitions with either those intellectual works or those works that are more like showing the perspective of animals or being in, into natural elements um, using wind, uh, water... Mm -hmm. and, you know, that kind of elements within the exhibition. Yeah. Okay, so I've been a couple of times to uh, the festival and what I hear is that it really changed over the years. Like if I hear you now speak about all the, the topics that you are covering with a couple of years ago where only it was more focused on digital design and less in, less in the city, you made also like a tremendous development with the organization and with the the whole yeah with the whole festival we still have that uh you know core uh, kind of topic of digital design but it's just that it expanded to a lot more stuff so because if you look at the program this year we have like a lot of data visualization uh you know uh, machine learning for creative coders stuff and and you know all those kind of topics that are still there but uh, yeah, it's just expanding to uh, more artistic works as well, I guess, and to different yeah. topics. And also, you introduced the, the music element in the um, uh, during the evening. Is that a specific reason? It's it's because uh, basically we have more than uh, than one thousand five hundred people coming from abroad to the festival. And they're all sleeping in Namur. And so um, as they're all sleeping, I mean, most of them, not all of them, uh, it's it's normal for us to organize a music program. And, you know, a festival wouldn't be called a festival without this kind of festive part to it. So that's one reason. Right. And another reason is also that right now um, a lot of buildings are being refurbished in Namur at the moment. But next year uh, we will get uh, a whole new cultural center in which we will be able to organize um, audiovisual concerts and music performances. And so we're start wow. starting to develop that night program, which will expand over the years as well. Um, but it, it will right. be, uh, yeah, we want to do very specific things. So, for example, uh, maybe organize some dance performance, like electronic music slash dance performances, because we've always, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I also think that's part of the reason why we always evolve and do something a bit different and expand. Um, there are so many events 
uh, in the world, you know, who are um, inviting uh, famous designers, uh, but they are doing the same stuff, like, you know, agencies, agencies, designers. And we kind of, uh, with, with Kick Festival, what we would like to do is, you know, invite people who are coming for, for, for seeing those design speakers uh, to enter through one door and get out through one other door and one topic they didn't know uh, beforehand, you know. And if, mm. if you always go to see the people you know, you will never discover anything. And that's why, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. last year we had this room which was called Kick Design with only all, all the design talks were in the same room. And um, it ended up being uh, the same people going to the same talk, seeing the, you know, the, the same designers. So we decided to mix everything again this year because basically uh, people will have to discover some stuff, you know, because you cannot read all the bios of everybody. Right. So at some point you will end up in a room not knowing what you are going to see. And and I think that's our, our DNA, you know? Our DNA is, uh, is for discoveries. <laughs> through your event, I've um, discovered a lot of great artists. And, and what I was also wondering is, Kick is free. You can enter the conference for free. And I was wondering, how does this influence um, the people that come to your event? Or how does it influence the way you curate the program? Or how does it, how does it influence on the city, like on the dynamics of the city? Can you tell a little bit about so that? So I don't think it influences uh, really the curation. Actually, yes, it influences the curation, but in a positive way, in the sense that uh, it's not uh, as because an event is free, that it doesn't have to be as uh, qualitative as any other event. And that's what we've always, uh -huh. uh, you know, thought in the way we program Kick. Um, and uh, so that's one first thing, you know. Uh, and But in it influences us in a way, um, in the in the sense of... Um, it's a lot it's a lot more work because every year it's a lot of application files and um and collaborating uh, uh trying to find a lot of sponsors and public money to be able to stay a free event uh so it means yeah. that we have less time for doing the actual curation because uh, i mean uh, half of my time is just looking for money basically <laughs> um but we've always uh -huh decided to keep the exhibition and the conferences free uh, but since last year we've started uh, to to have some uh, professional events uh, that are with paid tickets within the festival which is called the kick pro and uh, and to organize also professional master classes because we've noticed that over the years uh, many many agencies and creatives were coming to kick um, to have business meetings because everybody was there, you know, so it was <laughs> a good time to have meetings. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it will always stay, I mean, the core of the festival will always stay the same. A free event, free conferences, you just register once there is no more seats left, but then, you know, it's, it's sold out and we close the registration. Um, and we're just only developing uh, these other paying parts. Uh, why? Because we want to start earning our own money and be a bit more uh, independent from public money, which is, you know, um, sometimes uh, the wind uh, changes direction. And if the wind changes direction and you don't have 
public money anymore, um, then it's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, because everybody right. is used to have, yeah. to go to a free event. Uh, and the difference in terms of audience is that we have a lot more students. Um, we have a lot more. Uh, we have a lot of uh, teachers that that go with their entire classrooms. Uh, a lot of students from Belgium as well. Uh, I think mm -hmm. Kik is uh, 70 percent professionals, thirty percent student students mm -hmm. plus um, I don't know unemployed uh, people. So uh, it's a lot more than other festivals because other festivals usually are yeah. quite expensive if you are a student. Yes. Yeah. And is it also because because the event is uh, free and the market is in the in the weekend? Um, do you also get a lot of local people now because like you are running now for AGS? So I think like you are a well-known event in the city. Does it help also or change change the how locals experience it? Not not that much for the conferences because it's such a niche. Uh, you know, we right. are into such niche topics that the locals, they don't feel they've got any room uh, within it. But it's also because uh -huh. um, uh, we're kind of working to break this image of... Uh, of uh, you know, this false image, uh, which is like, uh, yeah, if it's about technology, then uh, it's too geeky and then I would not understand anything, which is actually not true because uh, mm -hmm. if you go to kick, um, you know, uh, a children of 12 years old could understand most of the stuff that is being, uh, you know, said in the conferences. But it's just, you know, an image they, they've got. And that's uh, also part of the reason why we're organizing this art uh, tour uh, spread all around the city center, because we noticed the best way to uh, break that image would actually to be going to the people rather than expecting them to come to us and to enter within the conference room or within a theater. You know, it's already a big step, you know, if you have to go to a conference. So that's why we decided to to invade the city and do some outdoor works and and do something within the the entire city. So really now we're developing those two-sided uh, kind of audience. Um, yeah, we are on on a two-sided audience development scheme. Uh, the professional audience, which is um, rich through the conference, masterclasses, workshops, uh, and uh, the pro area. And then the the more um, general audience and local audience as well, or family audience, uh, if you want, which is going to be uh, reached through the kick market and uh, the exhibition throughout the city. And you also have a, like a special program for yeah. kids because I find it very interesting because you are one of one of the few that have this. And since we have a little baby girl, we are also like, how is how is this going with all the conferences? Is there childcare, that, that kind of stuff? Um, when was this idea of showing technology to children? How does it so work? So we started, I think, four or five years ago working um, with kids. Uh, and it's actually one of my favorite activities um, because kids, uh, Kids are, um, it's so fascinating to see them, uh, you know, uh, interact with technology because they're very intelligent uh, and sometimes even more than we are <laughs> because they don't have any, 
um, you know, any misconception or preconception of the world. So when you organize a workshop with kids, you know, they start playing with it right away and they're not scared of not understanding. So it's kind of really easy and straightforward to teach, um, I don't know, the basics of electronics, coding, and designing stuff uh, to kids. Mm -hmm. So that's for the education part. Um, and we're really, uh, we are also running a fab lab in Namur. And so we are really uh, into this approach, which is um, learning by making. Uh, rather than, you know, learning by, mm. um, by learning stuff by heart. Uh, we think that uh, yeah. if you learn to build something, uh, you're going to remember a lot more stuff than uh, if uh, you just read uh, the manual on, on a sheet uh, of paper, basically. Um, and uh, also a lot of uh, my colleagues, they have kids as well. Uh, so they were the first um, kind of, uh, you know, guinea pigs for the uh, the activities for kids. Um, and the more we did some activities the kick, uh, for kids, the more we liked it. Yeah. Um, and, and the more we felt we should do it because it's, it became more and more uh, successful. Um, and it's also, I don't know how it is uh, in the Netherlands, but in Belgium... Uh, in the Flemish-speaking part, there is uh, a bit more, but in the French-speaking part, uh, we have pretty much nothing in terms of teaching technology, new technologies and code, and, and uh, or, or at least the logic mm -hmm. behind code to children at school. There is nothing in, yeah. the, in the official government program. So we thought we had a kind of part to play in that, uh, so that at least they understand what is behind technology, you know, um, they, it's, it's not that all kids will become coders or, you know, will, will work with technology, but, uh, we mm -hmm. feel it's important to understand, uh, you know, this power of technology, power of, uh, media, and also this, this power of manipulation, um, uh, that is, uh, you know, inherent to any media, um, and so with Cinekid and with uh, Lagetelerik in Paris and with uh, Fab Lab in Africa uh, in Lomé in Togo, we developed this project uh, called Les Voyages de Capitaine Futur. And it's a traveling exhibition for mm -hmm. children, children uh, yeah. along with a series of workshops. And they're all translated into three languages. Um, so if you go to the website... Capitaine Futur uh, in French dot voyage in French. Um, you will mm -hmm. see. Um, we basically we we've put some uh, we've uploaded online some resources and some tutorials uh, to do those workshops for any people who is uh, a teacher working in a school or an animator working in a cultural center who would who would like to be able to give those workshops uh, to children without any technical knowledge. So, you know, wow. I am hijacking your podcast to <laughs> talk about this. No, it's okay. If, if there is someone uh, listening to us who is working with kids, it's all freely available online. I will... I will put it in the show notes so everybody can find it. But I, I, I think I've seen the project because it was first uh, exhibitioned in Paris, right? Yes. So, um, so this is also like kids are the future. So, what's the what's the ambition of Kick for the next five years? Um, so Kick is expanding a lot. 
um, because you know we are famous for the festival but uh, a lot of activities more than 50% of our activities are um, you know the the side of the iceberg which is uh, under the, the water because we are running uh, mm -hmm. track which is the creative hub and fab lab of Namur uh, which will expand uh, to a whole, an entire new building which will uh, be 2000 square meters so we're not the only one in this building. Oh, wow. We have a lot of partners, but the Fab Lab will become bigger and we will organize a lot more activities throughout the year. Um, so we would like to es expand our magazine, King Kong, as well, um, and to find some uh, ways to finance it because it's a free, uh, a, a free magazine distributed freely. So we need to find some way to, uh, yeah, to fund it. And we have a very big project, new yeah. project coming up, uh, which is called the Pavilion. Um, it's basically the city of Namur uh, has bought the Belgian Pavilion that was exhibited at the Milan World Exhibition in 2015. And they are reconstructing mm -hmm. it on top of the hill where is located uh, the Citadel of Namur, which is the main tourist attraction in the city. And uh, we're gonna be in charge of uh, mm -hmm. of the of the place, and it's gonna become um, uh, art, science, and technology um, place for exhibitions and workshops with a very strong uh, focus on education for uh, children and youngsters. And um, and so it's it's gonna ah. be open by two thousand and twenty. And within, in the context of that project, we will develop a lot of collaborations uh, with universities, uh, art and science projects, and uh, we're also working on becoming a production, an artistic production platform to, um, to be able to produce um, yeah, artists who are working with um, creative technologies, uh, science and art. And so we're kind of doing it already yeah. at the moment, but uh, it's, not f uh, it's not a formal activity. It's just something we do uh, from time to time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would say Kick in the next five years is, is really become, is gonna become a lot more of a platform rather than a festival and the festival it will become a part of the platform but the, the platform will be uh, mm -hmm. um, you know into economic development into education into science and art exhibition uh, and and it will live a lot more uh, during the year as well uh, and and we will develop a, a lot more our international network because for that we need a lot of collaboration. So how important is uh, Namur for um, for us? Is it's very important uh, because Namur is the the nest of the festival. Uh, it's a city that has a human size. Uh, you can do everything walking mm -hmm. within the city. All the city center yeah. has a pedestrian area. Um, and uh, and it's not far from Brussels or Brussels Airport or uh, you know big cities in Belgium, uh, but still mm -hmm. without being a huge city. So it's kind of a good uh, you know a territory to experiment to try new stuff uh, and. Uh, and so we're really uh, attached to the city, even though, you know, we're not originally from Namur. I am not. Uh, I am right now. I'm, I'm based in Brussels, um, but I'm going there every day to to work. So so the city is really important to us 
because I think that's what uh, you know makes it uh, a bit special and our activity is special uh, because when you come to the festival um, you meet people everywhere you see people you bump into people into the exhibition into the conferences and if we had to organize such a big event in a big city like uh, I don't know Kent or uh, Brussels um, we could never mm -hmm. find, uh, I don't know, seven different venues that are all uh, two minutes right. from each other, you know. Um, so basically is what you're saying and the city of Namur is your festival. Area. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, it's just uh, the recipe is working. So we will not change the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I'm, I'm really curious, um, since you see so many creative people and um, you create a lot of people over the years to, uh, to come to your event, and who are people that, that you would now absolutely follow? Or maybe they come to the festival or maybe they, you already mentioned your dream uh, people, but are there any creatives that we really should look out from Belgium or from abroad that... Um, are, that you feel like we all should follow? I think a very, it's not really a creative, it's an artist, but it's, um, I, he's very young and I really like his ideas. Uh, and we presented him um, uh, last year. Uh, it's uh, Dries de Porter. Um, so he's mm -hmm. Belgian, but he's working a lot uh, in the Netherlands as well. Uh, it's, he's a bit all over the place uh, right now. Uh, but I, I really like his sense of humor and at the same time he's talking about really serious, you know, uh, topics uh, in the context of the, the internet. Um, yeah, internet, social media, privacy, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think he's really yeah. someone we, yeah. we, should, uh, we should follow in the future. Um, in terms of creatives, I think... Um, I don't have a particular name, uh, you know, uh, in mind, but I think we're going to see a lot more uh, in the future of uh, agencies uh, that are uh, specifically, um, uh, yeah, that are dedicated to generative design and uh, to basically creative coding design. You know, like um, in, in, in the previous years, uh, we had uh, Field, field.io. Um, uh, last year, mm -hmm. we, we had uh, Wells Bin Binaire, uh, who is a, an agency based in Germany. And I see yeah. more and more of those kind of agencies that are basically creative coders coming together and uh, offering a yeah. different kind of service to clients. It's not a full, a full-on agency that can make, uh, you know, a, a huge campaign. But they are also they are able to to do prints, but prints using the generative design, able to um, to deliver interactive yeah. installations or interactive campaigns with uh, with a specific website but using the newest technologies so uh, machine learning right. you know uh, webgl uh, for the web uh, augmented reality uh, virtual reality so i think it's not as you know i don't have a name because there are loads of names and at kick this year there are a lot of them uh, but um, mm -hmm. it's just i see this shift you know, uh, yeah. with uh, from the past five to six years, there is this big shift and a lot yeah. more new kind of agencies on the market um, that are much more, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, into storytelling, 
into using those new uh, technologies and, and this kind of sensor physical world to tell stories. It always starts on a small scale with a few creative coders mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of freelancers. Uh, I also see that, uh, you know, it's, the, it's, it's the, the change. A lot of people working remotely from all over the world, uh, only joining for specific projects. Yes. Wow. It's an interesting notion. Uh, I want to end this, this interview with you. And at the end, I always ask for five recommendations. Uh, you already gave some, but more. This, these are more personal recommendations, and it's in five categories. And we start with a book. Which book would you recommend everybody to read? Um, so I would recommend two books. Uh, the first one is uh, one book which is a bit a bit more theoretical, but really interesting. Uh, from Ito, Hito Steyerl, I don't know if I pronounce it well, uh, it's called Duty-Free mm -hmm. Art, uh, Art in the Age of Planetary Civil War, um, mm -hmm. and it's a bit, uh, so she's a teacher, she's also a new media artist, and she's also a philosopher, and it's a kind of, um, she's developing a view on, on society, and uh, on society which is uh, stuck in this era of information and misinformation and fake news and networked uh, society and it's a kind of yeah interesting view uh, on on the world I would say um, and then I would say and another book uh, but it's just because I saw that uh, he's gonna release a new one uh, it's the one from Stefan. Stefan Sagmeister, who came to kick a few years ago, he's going to mm -hmm. release a new book on beauty. And uh, his books are always amazing. So I'm sure this one would be, you know, would be the same yeah, level yeah. as the previous ones. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, last year, I think it was last year, you had uh, Ordre de, Gra uh, de Grasse. She also talks about beauty in digital design, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she was in the in the in the French speaking uh, part of the conference, yeah. And um, music. Uh, music, music, music. Um, okay, it's gonna be a discovery. Um, so this weekend I've been to Nuit Sonore uh, in um, in Beaux Arts, so in a cultural center in Brussels. And I've discovered uh, this woman DJ uh, who's called DJ Campire, uh, so K-A-M-P-I-R-E. Um, I don't know where she's from, but uh, she's playing electronic music with some Afro beats, um, African music, uh, and it's really powerful. Uh, it's got very loud basses and... Uh, and uh, yeah, she she played such a good set that uh, I think it's uh, and she's not that famous, so it's a uh, it's a good discovery. So listen yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah, we um, do. Wow. And another um, one is Avalon Emerson, also a female DJ, because you know I'm a female. They're not uh, they're really good female DJs out there, mm -hmm. uh, and they're not uh, sometimes uh, enough programmed at events. Uh, and she's playing techno music and it's, you know, pretty good if you go to SoundCloud. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, we'll look that up and put it in the, also in the show notes. Um, are you a techno fan? Like only techno? Uh, yeah, I'm an electronic music in general. Ah, okay. But, you know, uh, anybody okay. living in Belgium and Netherlands is kind of mm -hmm. influenced yeah, yeah, yeah. by electronic music. Right. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, film. Uh, film. Ah, that's more complicated because um, I've watched a lot of films recently, uh, but they were they weren't that pretty good. So I would go for something either Belgian or weird. I would go for something Belgian. Um, it's called uh, in French. It's called La Merditude des Choses. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not a recent movie. Um, I don't know how you call it uh, in English. Um, La Merditude des Choses. I'm really. <laughs> I'm looking on the internet at the same time. You know to try to find the translation. So in in Netherlands is the the Helas Heid der Dingen. Uh, and it's a really good movie, a, a really good movie about, uh, you know, poor people living in the Belgian countryside. And it really reflects this kind of, yeah, Belgian way of living. Um, and uh, yeah, otherwise there is a more a documentary and it's called the International Space Orchestra uh, by Nelly Benayoun. Right. She's coming yeah. to kick uh, this year and it's, the you know, she's um, she's she's an amazing woman, like, doing a lot of crazy yes. stuff and uh, and it's basically telling the adventure of her going to NASA uh, without really mm -hmm. a specific aim at first so she's just you know yeah. she would like to know more about space about black holes about how to send a rocket in space and you know that kind of stuff so she's uh -huh. meeting a lot of people and uh, interviewing them about uh you know what if an asteroid uh, asteroid uh, you know lands on on earth or you know that kind of mm -hmm. question and then she yeah. ends up being uh, building this uh orchestra uh, uh made of uh, loads of people working at NASA and they started touring the world um and it's basically telling this very human adventure of uh, you know all those meetings discovery and this adventure all together touring the world with the International Space Orchestra. It's a really funny yeah. movie. I just interviewed Nelly and now she is um, recording a new film. Yeah, and she's gonna talk Can about that. It. Yeah, yeah, and she's gonna do a yeah. workshop about that. Uh, I mean, not a workshop, a masterclass about this topic at Kik uh, and also a talk. So she's focusing yeah. Uh, yeah, all her activities at Kik about this new project coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's really something that I, I look forward to. Um, let's go to another one. It's um, food. Food. Okay, I would go for Japanese food. Um, and I would go for the stuff I don't understand on the menu. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there is always a lot of stuff you don't understand on the menu. And when I go to a Japanese mm -hmm. restaurant and there is this weird dried fish with a weird sauce that you don't know what it is you know mm -hmm. i always order that mm -hmm. so yeah that would be my my pick mm -hmm. on food <laughs> the stuff i don't know and it, um do you go to a specific restaurant in belgium or somewhere uh, around the world or yeah in brussels uh, there we have a few japanese good japanese restaurants uh there is uh yamayu santatsu really good one uh, Izakaya, uh, a good one uh, as well. Uh, Donbe Naibaku. Uh, yeah, I think that's the name of the restaurant. Uh, yeah, quite yeah. a lot, quite a few in cool. Brussels. So, yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> wow. And uh, last one, uh, miscellaneous, something from your life that you would recommend? 
I would recommend going to uh, to cultural stuff you never go to. You know, so if you if you never go to the theater. Uh, just ask your friend to what is a good theater play at the moment. If you've never been to a dance show, go to a dance show because it's something I always do. Uh, sometimes I, I'm just like, mm -hmm. okay, what should I do this weekend? I'm just going to go to something I've never done. Um, and it's always good, uh, good fo food for thoughts, I think, to, mm -hmm. to go and yeah. check out uh, some very different stuff. I don't know, to go to a Balkan music festival or whatever, you know. <laughs> right. And what's the last thing that you visited? So it was Nuit Sonore, this electronic music festival in Beaux-Arts, uh, in Brussels. And there was this exhibition, sound art exhibition called mm -hmm. uh, Tendencies. Um, and it was pretty nice. Um, so, yeah, that's the last thing. Ah, okay, cool. Cool. So kick us in the first week of um, November. Um, what's the specific date? It's easy. It's one, two, three, four. Wow. Uh, Marie, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. And I really look forward to come to Namur and um, looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Thomas. Neil Marais also has a newsletter called Neil Monthly. So if you want to be the first to know about the shows, please sign up via neilmarais.com slash subscribe. You can also follow the show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Neil Marais. And if you have time, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps others to find out about the show. Thanks for listening.